Welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'll be your host every Wednesday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. That's right, it's Yeshiva League winter break time. Things are a bit quiet, people leaving, people coming, people going. I myself actually took a little two-day hiatus to the West Coast last week which I'm sure you'll hear uh, more about over the next few weeks. I personally cannot give away any details, but uh, I'm sure you'll hear about it in the near future. But I went to L.A. expecting something in the 60s, hopefully 70s. You know, because if I went back to Houston, well, it would either be like 40 degrees or like 80 degrees. Um, but in L.A., I was, you know, I've actually never been west of Houston so in L.A., I was expecting 60s, 70s, and I got there, and it was like mid-50s, and I was just like, ugh, it wasn't sunny, it was rainy, wasn't a great time to go, but anyway, I'm back, and I know many people are gone, or some people are even visiting the area if they're on winter break, but uh, it's a little bit of a different time here. I know, I mean, the weather, how about the weather yesterday and the day before? Just disgusting. I actually, I don't even know what a nor'easter is. All I was told is there's just nor'easter. And last time I think I heard that word, it was like a huge blizzard. So I was like, what are you talking about? There's no snow coming. And uh, I know I have my, my weather rants, but there's nothing I hate more than, than high 30, low 40 degree weather and rain and wind. It is the worst possible combination for me. I don't know what to wear. I, I don't want to wear anything fancy or nice because it's just going to get ruined. I don't have, like, a coat that's good in the rain but also good for the freezing cold, so I'm wearing one of my old, like, University of Texas Longhorn sweaters, which I don't care to get ruined, so if it gets wet, it gets wet. The problem is it's not warm enough. And then my shoes, I don't have good shoes for this. It's just terrible. Mid-30s, high-30s, low-40s with rain and wind is the absolute worst. The worst, but listen, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the show this week. Yeshiva League winter break, so things are a bit quiet. We do have Tova Kanacht, an interview with Adi Isaac, the founder and director of Thrive at Hebrew University, so we'll get to that shortly. But otherwise, this week I decided, you know what, I'm going to play my favorite Hebrew music selection. So it's not going to be a random piece from here, a random thing I heard here. I'm going to try to play for you all of my favorites. So if you hear something today, it means I'm into it. It means I'm into it now. It may mean I was into it a few years ago and kind of cooled off on it, but regardless, I'm into it. I like it. So we're going to start things off. I, I mean, I've been into this song, and I've played it a lot recently. No better way to start this week with Mahabecha Shel Simcha. You're tuned into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shamati Shamati <laughs> 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 
Someday we'll all be free and proud to be under the same sun, singing songs of freedom like yo. Oh, 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 oh,
crashing Hit a wall Right now I need a miracle Hurry up now I need a miracle Stranded Reaching out I call your name but you're not around I say your name but you're not around I need you, I need you, I need you right now
Viata Marom off of SL2, the Simcha Liner album, right here on Bite Size. And here we are with Tova Knef's interview with Adi Isaacs, founder, director of Thrive at Hebrew University. I'm going to say no more. I'm going to hand it off to Tova. So stay tuned right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting in Hebrew University with Adi Isaacs, the founder and director of Thrive at Hebrew U. Welcome to the show, Adi. Thank you very much, Tova. Uh, before we get into your role at Thrive, can you give us a little bit of your Aliyah background, of your personal story? Okay, great. And that's uh, not as exciting <laughs> as uh, other stories, but it all goes to my wife. I was at YU, originally from LA. Okay. And um, went to YU, was studying uh, bio and chem, hoping to be a dentist. And I uh, was applying to UCLA Dental School, thinking of going there, moving to LA. And we got married my senior year of college, and my wife said, let's go to Israel for the year. And so I went, came to Israel for the year to learn, uh, got, in, got involved in a few different birthright things, and one year turned into two, and two years turned into three, and then after the third year, I turned to my wife, and I said, you know, I think, I think we're staying here. Wow. So that's uh, not so exciting, but definitely something common, I think. No, but that's a beautiful beautiful way to move here, you know, to try it out and then see that it works and, and you stay. Okay, so where did, you said you started with Birthright here, where did Thrive come from? What is Thrive? Where did it? Thrive is, um, when I was thinking of staying in Israel, I decided I'm no longer going into dentistry and I wanted to be involved in Israel and Jewish education. Uh, and the only criteria that I had was I wanted to try to do something unique. I wanted to do something a little different. Um, the, there's amazing work that's being done in all the yeshiva, the yeshivas and seminaries, um, the high schools, NCSY, etc. Uh, and I worked for a lot of those different organizations, but where my interest lies was trying to figure out a new niche or a new market that can help out um, the Jewish people, Israel, etc. And um, when I started looking around, I saw that there's a lot of issues with college campuses nowadays. And a lot of programs that are being offered, Hillel, Chabad, birthright trips, and they're trying to work within a college schedule, mm-hmm. but they're only offering trips, winter break, and all these different types of things. But something that's very normal for college students to do, almost 30% of college students across the board, is study abroad. Meaning in your third year of college, uh-huh. go to another college outside of the United States, be it South Africa, Budapest, Prague, Switzerland, Australia, and take classes there for a semester, get those classes accredited, and continue with your college experience. And I said this would be a really interesting idea to try to have a semester abroad program in Israel that not only focuses on academics, but focuses more on extracurricular, focuses on trying to understand Israel and thinking about Judaism. So that's where the idea really started to come from. Okay, so what is Thrive's mission? So the mission of Thrive is to utilize study abroad and to convince students, engage students on, col- on college campuses, involved in Hillel, involved in APAC, involved in Chabad, um, to convince them that their study abroad should be in Israel. And you could always go on vacation at any right. other point in time in your life. Right. Going to Italy is amazing, going to Budapest is tons of fun, and you should definitely take vacations. But when you're having one opportunity to study abroad, which means to live somewhere, for five months, uh-huh. where do you want that to be? Do you want that to be immersing in Italian culture or culture in Brazil and to be able to taste that food and know that transportation? Or do you want to be able to tell your grandkids, your spouse, 
your friends that are traveling to Israel, like, I know Israel, I live there for five months. Right. And therefore, our mission is to try to encourage students to come to Israel to study abroad at Hebrew University, and through that, being here for five months, develop a really strong emotional attachment to Israel and the Jewish people. Wow. Okay, so the students that are coming, how, how do they make sure that they're eligible? Is there a process that they have to go through? Yeah, so the, the process they have to go through is, again, it's a regular, we, we partner with Hebrew University. Okay. Um, the reason we partner with Hebrew University is because they're actually Israel's top university. They're ranked 52nd worldwide. And what that allows to do is they have academic partnerships with Princeton, Yale, Columbia, Harvard. So students from all of those different universities have the ability to come here and continue their studies and get credits. Uh -huh. So the way that you're eligible is you have to go to your study abroad departments in the university. Um, you fill out an application. You have to have a minimum GPA of 3.0 okay. and, um, and decide to come study in Israel. Amazing. Okay, before I ask you to tell me where Thrive is going, you know, from here, first tell the audience what are some amazing experiences that the students uh, could experience here. What's extremely unique about the program is that when other, let's say for example, birthright, if a student comes here on, for 10 days on birthright, they have a lot of unique, exciting experiences, but it's all like it's just a, a jolt of excitement that fades very quickly. Uh -huh. um, what we do is programming scattered throughout the five months where a student is able to experience something and then because they're in Israel, live that experience. So for example, um, some of the exciting things that we do is we bring them for basic training to Ghana for two days, get to learn what it's like to be in the army, and then we have a Shabbos where we invite soldiers from all different units, Sherut Lumi, to discuss what does the army mean from a nationalistic perspective, how has it changed and framed your religious beliefs, your political beliefs, and we have an experience that we go to various kibbutzim, that they get to learn about the past, the present, and the future of Israel through using the kibbutz as a paradigm and see how that has changed. Um, do exciting things. They get to learn about the Knesset and meet members of Knesset in the political realm. And then from the Jewish aspect, what we like to do is we teach them about the upcoming exciting holidays that are happening, the Yom Tovim that are happening in Eretz Yisrael. They learn about it, and then it's not like they're a college campus, but they're actually living it here. We learn about Sukkot, they build the Sukkah, and then they walk around during the, the days of Sukkot, hopping from one Sukkah <laughs> to another, seeing them on every corner. You know, we just had Hanukkah, they learn about Hanukkah, they learn about what the purpose of Hanukkah is, they build a menorah, and then we walk from city to city and go to Hanukkah parties and they see it outside. So as opposed to learning about a foreign concept and celebrating it in Hillel on your campus, here they're learning and they're living, living these, these actual experiences. Fantastic. So, where do you see Thrive in five years from now? Where do you think it's going? Yes, that's a very interesting question. You know, we, we look at ourselves as, uh, as, a, as, a, as a non-profit startup okay. because um, what, one thing that is a challenge of ours is that it's very hard for us to look at another model and try to replicate ourselves after that because we really are in a, in a unique new area that no one, no other nonprofit is working with an academic body to try to um, increase the affinity and love for people to Israel and uh, and to Judaism through studying abroad through an academic environment. So it's a little hard to say where we are going to be in five years from now. But what we'd like to, what, one thing that we are trying to do is our current demographic is 
we work with mostly students that are completely unaffiliated, that have maybe been to Israel one or two times, mm -hmm. and um, trying to encourage them to come to Israel for a semester abroad. So we're definitely going to try to expand that, um, develop stronger partners. But the one other place that um, we're really starting to work on, that hopefully we'll start next year, is within the modern Orthodox demographic. That there's a lot of students that come here for yeshiva and seminary, or go through to the regular high schools, their yeshiva high schools, and then may not go to yeshiva and seminary and going to regular academic colleges. Mm -hmm. And they also have the ability to study abroad. 30% of students are studying abroad, and these Orthodox students can also study abroad. So some of them are going to Prague and Budapest, but the right. majority of them are because there's no good offering for an Orthodox student to travel somewhere, right. so they're not going. So what we would really like to do, and we've spoken to Hebrew U, and we're in the process of hopefully uh, piloting this in spring 2018, is to create a Orthodox study abroad experience, to create a community of students that want to grow, want to learn about Israel, may be thinking about Aliyah and give them that opportunity to live here for five months, mm -hmm. and get these students, the ones that are in Harvard, Columbia, Barnard, UCLA, they're all scattered around the, the, the United States, and bring them together to Israel for a semester abroad where they're learning about Israel, trying to live what it's like here, and getting a full semester's worth of credit. Oh wow, that's amazing. So the audience, I'm sure, that's listening right now, their uh, jaws are dropping and saying, wow, that sounds interesting for my child. So hopefully uh, that'll be something that comes to fruition. Um, how is your staff, you have an incredible staff. In One happens to be your brother-in-law, so no, no, no bias there. <laughs> Hi, Moshe and Zoe. Um, exactly. How are they involved day to day? Yeah, so... Um, the way that Thrive works is it's a very hands-on, family-oriented experience. It's not that we recruit students to Israel and we're just a tour guide. We're just, we're just tour guides that bring them on different trips. Right. But rather, it's that when we're bringing students to Israel, again, with our current demographic, the parents don't have any understanding. There's no connection to the majority of these students have to Israel. Right. They have no family connections. And with the staff, aside from being role models and mentors, it's such a powerful program because they really become the family for every one of the students. Constantly having them over for weekends, helping them figure out what other trips to take, other people to meet, other people to introduce them, introduce them to. Learning with them while they're here on campus, just getting a coffee. So it's really, we call, we like to think of Thrive more as just a Thrive program, but rather the Thrive family, family. which is really epitomized by this past winter break. Um, we have, Baruch we have 82 alumni that have gone, through the, alumni. That have gone yeah. through the program. And um, this past winter break, 20 out of the 82 alumni were in Israel. That's beautiful. That's over 25% of students that have not been to Israel many times. It's not part of it. They're not the types of people that come here for Sukkot and Pesach right. and their summer vacations. These are students that maybe have come here once or twice before. But they chose to come back. But they chose yeah. to come back. Yeah on different trips, but the majority of them, the reason that if you ask them why they wanted to come back, whether it was the JNF trip, a birthright trip, a learning trip, the reason why they wanted to come on one of those trips was just to spend time with the staff, Moshe and Zoe, or Kelly and Danielle, or myself and my wife. They just wanted to see our families. Yeah. So it was an excuse to get back here, which is really an unprecedented thing. Well, personally, I love coming on the Thrive experiences. You know, I came on the Purim, we went to the army base, delivered Shachmanos. We went to the Knesset, mm -hmm. so just someone that 
I just get a little window into what you do, and I'm blown away by the relationships that are uh, between the staff and the students. So anybody that comes to Thrive, really, they're they're getting much more than just the academics. Um, so after all that, how can people contact, find out more, support Thrive? What's the way to, for everybody that's listening to? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell everybody. Before that, I just want to share one quick story oh, that sure. actually happened with, uh, with an alumnus this past week. We had a student two years ago that was, um, her name is Joanna, Joanna Kramer from Brown, University of Brown, very liberal, left-leaning school. Okay. And she was actually the, she was in Israel one time previously on birthright, and she was the national vice president of J Street. The national vice president of J Street. And the interesting thing that she told me is that on her campus in Brown, J Street is considered right-wing. Because the fact that it has pro-Israel in their mission statement, you know, uh -huh. you and I may laugh not, at, not laugh agree at with that what a little that bit, means, right? but the fact that it has pro-Israel in their in their mission statement means that she was very right-wing for Brown. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, she came on the semester. She did very. We had a lot of discussions and went on a lot of trips and open-minded trips as well. One thing was very clear: she developed a very strong affinity to Israel. And to Yazis, she, she told me that for the past two years she's been keeping Shabbos since she left the program. Wow. And um, also she told me that at the end of the semester she went back and was second-guessing her whole J Street um, connection, affiliation. affiliation. Yeah. Um, and she completely, she completely left that movement, that belief system over the past year and a half. And she was even telling me right now when she was here on a learning trip for three weeks mm -hmm. that she even debates whether or not a two-state solution is a positive thing or a negative thing. Because she said, now I'm learning Tanakh and I read everything that we see in the Tanakh. We have the Yehuda and Shomron in the Tanakh. It's like, how could we, just how could we as well just give it away? So again, what happened with her is something that she won't even attribute to that change to thrive, but just an emotional experience that she has here. She's connected now. She becomes so connected, and it's, as she said, it's no longer a mathematical equation. It's just, I actually have a place. I actually am part of this. Wow. And that's something that we, that we um, are extremely excited and, and look forward to doing more things like that in the future. And uh, the way to contact us is to look on our website, okay. thrive at hebrewu.com. It's T-H-R-I-V-E. ATHU.com, um, or you could reach me at Adi, A D I, at ThriveHU.com. Okay, I'll put all the links up on uh, the website. Okay. Um, fantastic, so hopefully people will definitely get on board and, you know. Bismcha. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so you travel with the students, and the students, see, I'm sure, have their favorite places in Israel now. But from a personal perspective, can you think of one place in Israel that you could call your Israel happy place? That's a very easy question. It's my house. Uh. <laughs> um, I definitely know we live in, in Shari Chesed, and um, that definitely is, is my Israel happy place to hear the story of Shari Chesed, of what it was. It used to be one of the poorest neighborhoods um, where tzaddikim were running around in the middle, a walk to the Kotel, a walk to the Shuk. Uh -huh. It's just something so central. We, I, living in Shari Chesed, I feel like I'm connected to all of Yerushalayim. Um, can meet people all the time, seeing visitors that are coming in. Yeah. So there's no question that my house and specifically Shari Chesed is our happy place. It's right center uh, Israel. That's okay. right. So I wish you all the luck with Thrive. Thank you very and much. future and uh, looking forward to hearing amazing things. Thank you so much, Tova. Continue all your amazing work. Oh, thank you. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you. Going back to you. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Adi Isaacs. Again, Adi is the founder and director of Thrive. 
at Hebrew University. And for Tova, tovanisrael.com, Tova in Israel on Facebook as well. Check her out. I mean, if, I've been following her now for, for several months, and there's just constantly, she has such great things to say about the state of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, and everywhere she travels, and all these cool things she does. So tovanisrael.com, Tova in Israel on Facebook. Make sure to check her out. More coming up on Bite Size. Here we go with Ivri Anochi, one of the Benny Friedman's new songs off of his Fill the World with Light album. You're tuned in to Bite Size right here on the Nachum Single Network. אני הולך עם ראש למעלה, כל אחד הוא בן או בת של מלך. ככה היה, וככה זה גם עלה, יהודים נשמה בוערת. בכל מקום ובכל ארץ, לא רוצה שיהיה אחרת. יהודי אני, זה משהו נצחי. בני אברהם, יצחק ויעקב, בני ישראל
It's like you're sleeping, sleeping. There's a smile deep, deep within you. This song's for singing, Rina. Here we go now, here we go again. It's like you're sleeping, sleeping. There's a smile deep, deep within you. This song's for singing, Rina. Thank <laughs> you. 
מתנות קטנות, מי שהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות, רסיסים של כוונה, עיגולים של אמונה, מתנות קטנות, מי שהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות, כמו הכוח לקבל את מה שאין, את מה שיש, מה עוד אפשר ומה
chose that is because last year Lipa performed that song and performed on our kosher halftime show last year and this year we have announced who will be performing at this year's kosher halftime show and that is none other than Aryeh Kunstler that's right Aryeh Kunstler will join our team at Courtside Grill that's 602 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst this coming Motzei Shabbos this Saturday night January 28th 2017 the performance starts at 9 but you want to get there early make sure to go ahead and grab a seat. Now, this is the live performance. As usual, we will air the actual Kosher Halftime Show in its entirety on February 5th during the big game. And you can check that out on NachumSeal.com, where there will be video, or just check out the audio on the NSN app. But I do encourage you to check out the video, because the video is very cool. All of our sound people, the video people, they do a great job. And you also don't want to miss out on those commercials, just like we check out commercials during the big game. You want to check out these commercials as well. Again, so that is Aryeh Kunstler this coming Motze Shabbos at 9 o'clock at Courtside Grill. I'll be there, and I want to see all of y'all there as well. And before we wrap up, as usual, it's this week's Four to the Door. This week's Four to the Door, we did talk about a little bit about winter break. So I thought myself and Jamie Turkel, while we are not on winter break here at the Nachum Siegel Network, we thought we would reminisce to our high school days to our middle school days or maybe even college days, what we used to like to do during winter break. 
So we are going to go ahead and do that. I have Jamie Turkel's list. Jamie does not have my list because I never give her my list. Instead, I write down my list. She never even gets to know my list. You know, we don't talk about it. I kind of just look at her list right before I get back on air. And I kind of just review it myself. And she never gets to see my list. Fair or not fair? I apologize, but that's just kind of how it works here. So, again, as usual, yoniandachlamsegal.com for any questions, comments, suggestions about Forward the Door or Bite Size in general. So here we go with Jamie Turkel's top four to the door, top four favorite winter break things to do. Number four for Jamie is brunch with friends. Totally get that. Kind of wake up a little later than usual. You don't have to go to school. You wake up, go to brunch with friends. Now, I don't know if you do that the day after winter break starts. You know, maybe you kind of want to remove yourself from your friends a bit. But uh, brunch with friends to catch up. At least the friends that aren't going anywhere to kind of catch up on what's been going on over the last few days. Number three for Jamie is curling up in a blanket and watching TV and movies. I, I mean, I love it because I basically have that same thing on my list. Definitely a great option. Again, sometimes you just got to remove yourself from, from the crowd, from your friends. You just need a little chill time to yourself. Totally hear that. Like that for Jamie at number three. Number two, Jamie just wrote Florida. I guess she went to Florida a lot. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's gone to Florida in the past during winter break. I hear it. Great weather. Nice area. What's not, li- what's not to like about Florida? And number one for Jamie, this is very cute. I might get killed for not having it on my list. But number one for Jamie is family time. You know, sometimes your whole family can't get together for a regular night meal. Sometimes you have to go somewhere at night, whatever it is. During winter break is a great time for family time. I like that, Jamie. Again, so four to the door. Top four favorite things to do during winter break for Jamie. Four was brunch with friends. Three was blanket. Curling up in a blanket watching TV movies. Number two was Florida. Number one, family time. And here we go with Yoni Pollock. Myself, top four to the door. Top four favorite things to do during winter break. Number four, very similar to Jamie, actually. Jamie wrote brunch with friends. I wrote lunch with friends. I'm not expecting my friends to be up at 10 or 11 while I'm up. They usually wake up a bit later than me. So lunch with friends for me, whether that is uh, – I I mean, I usually like going meat, though uh, you never know. I mean, I'm always up for anything different than usual. So uh, lunch with friends always. Again, a good time. Remove yourself a bit for a few days and then, hey, bud, you want to go out for lunch? You know, that type of thing. So that is number four. Number three for me is travel. Now, as a kid, I never really went anywhere – um, did I? No, I don't think I actually went anywhere specific for winter break. That's not true. I actually I came to New York once or two times, visit family there. But otherwise, nothing particularly crazy. And I don't know if it's a great idea to go north to New York during the winter. But uh, my family would be crazy like that, apparently. Number two on my list, and again, very similar to Jamie, number two on my list is just chill, catch up on TV movies. Now, as a kid... In high school, I, I mean, I was a big, a Bucky, an, an expert in TV. Uh, in college, I, did, I actually did watch a ton of TV in college. But sometimes you kind of get caught up in some work and you're not able to ca- you know, watch all the TV and movies. And, oh, this guy told you about a great show. This movie you haven't seen. Winter break, a great time to catch up on that. And number one, on my top four to the door, top four favorite things to do during winter break. Number one is the impromptu sports games. That's right. Back home. Even here in New York, you know, there's there's five, ten of you around. Oh, let's let's go, you know, play some catch. Let's go throw around the pigskin. Let's go, 
in Houston, you're actually able, oh, let's go outside and play some flag football. Like, you're able to do that. Let's go to the gym and, and play some, shoot some hoops, or let's go work out. Like, those things where you can't do on a regular 8 to 4, that's when I was in school, 8 to 4, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. on a school day, I got all day during winter break. Let's go, let's go do some stuff. Let's get some sweaty, get a nice workout in. Uh, those are some of my favorite things. I can't really do that now. I could do it on a Sunday, but winter break. Us adults, we don't have winter break anymore. We got work, 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 work. So, again, my four to the door, top four favorite things to do during winter break. Number four was lunch with friends. Three was traveling. Two, chill, TV, catch-up movies, etc. Number one was the random sports games or workouts that you could just kind of go out, grab some friends, and do right on the spot. So thank you, Jamie, for joining me. As usual, Jamie Turkel is our assistant programming director and social media coordinator. I failed to mention that earlier, as I usually do. But uh, thank you for joining me on that. And thank you all for tuning in for the last two hours here with me on the Knockholm Seagull Network. A reminder, you can check us out all over social media. Here we go, Jamie. I'm uh, making up for it now. On Facebook, at Knockholm Seagull Network. On Twitter, at Knockholm Seagull Net. And on Instagram, Knockholm Seagull Network. Now, I'm a little newer to Instagram. Jamie, our assist, uh, again, our social media coordinator and assistant programming director, but more importantly for this part, our social media coordinator does an excellent job with Instagram. I'm starting to get into it. Jamie's awesome at it. So go ahead and check it out again. Nahum Seal Network. Give her some likes, comments. I like seeing it. I like when the stuff that Jamie does does well because she does an excellent job, and I think it should. So go ahead and check it out there. If you haven't yet downloaded the NSN app, you need to go ahead and do so. Go to the Google Play Store. Go to the Apple Store. The App Store, I should really say. Go ahead. It's free. Download it and enjoy all of our content while on the run. My name is Yoni Pollock. I'd like to wish you all a good day, a great winter break, and remind you that the bite size is the right size. 